Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Boundary of Disaster. We have been away for a while. We have got, oh, actually, we've got extra things to talk about because we've been away for a while. We're doing this one a bit ad hoc because the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, I think it, the Brazilian Grand Prix is now called for some strange reason, was a cracker. But I'm actually going to change up the running order because we've got a special episode out this week as well of Mr. Matthew Willis going to look at fast boats on Coniston Water, which is very, very good. And I highly encourage everyone to go. And Matt edited that one himself, which makes me even happier that we have another episode that I don't have to edit. But go listen to that one. Matt's done a brilliant job on that. We are here to talk about all things uh, Brazil because, yeah. Goodness, what a weekend. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have to start. We have Adam Berry with us, as we said, Matt Willis. We've got Ellie with us. Gorgeous George at the double. He made a sprint race interesting and then majestically won the Grand Prix, which I only watched half of because I was walking out of Craven Cottage after being robbed by Manchester United. And I walked into a bench and I've hurt my leg. So, yeah, that was a day. Ellie, what was your take on it? What was the sprint race like? What was your take on Gorgeous George being gorgeous? And is he gorgeous? Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the sprint race. Duh! Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was out. Okay, who did watch the sprint race? I know, I, I know, Adam did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Yeah, um, I thought it was really good actually for a sprint race. Um, me and my brother-in-law actually were having a conversation about it today, and we were saying how much better it would be if they could. I know that it won't happen because of the cost cap and all of that, but it'd be good if they could just drive those cars like it didn't matter if they damaged them because then they would be great races. But that's what we've still got touring very... cars for, mate. Well, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, obviously it was a, a massive, but very pleasant surprise to see uh, K Mag on uh, Kevin Magnuson on pole, um, which was something that I think most F1 fans would agree was, a um quite a heartwarming thing to see not just from his perspective but for the team um it was inevitable that obviously um he was going to sort of fall down the order gradually as the race went on um but he managed to hold his own for a few laps i think and um he had, he got he got an excellent start actually which is a point worth making um but george was uh, on fire wasn't he? He had the bit between his teeth, I think, and the overtake and the um, the laps building up to the overtake on Max were were good driving uh, on George's part, I think, and um, and uh, yeah, it was probably the, the most enjoyable sprint we've seen in F one since they were they were brought in. Matt, what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of sprint races generally, but this one this one was in danger of proving me wrong um, because it was it was genuinely interesting. I think partly because we had we had the mixed up grid um, from the the truncated wet qualifying, but also I think yeah, there's no doubt that um, that that George just he made he made that race. He went out and hunted Max down and um, wasn't intimidated by him and didn't allow Max as usual nonsense to either end in a crash or um 
or, or intimidate him uh, and you know he made a move he made it stick and then he drove drove off into the sunset and um i mean i've, I've been a fan of george since his williams days uh well since his f2 days really and it's i think it was plain from then just just what a great driver he was and and how you know how he really is the real deal but i think this really did prove it because sometimes drivers come into f1 and they don't quite find that final couple of percent that, that maybe is in their in their potential but they can't quite find it but but i mean georgie's driving like a champion he's mature he's fast um he's got his head screwed on and as soon as he had a car that was worthy of his ability he went and grabbed it so you know uh, yeah it was a great it was a great little race um i sort of i found myself slightly regretting that with a mixed up qualifying that didn't get transferred into the grand prix because the effect of the sprint race is sometimes that if you have a slightly unusual qualifying the sprint race just goes some way to sort of resetting the normal order which is a bit of a shame and it did kind of happen a little bit in this in this race but it was an interesting race in its own right so you know um that was good what's the socials been saying about george last couple days els because it's been kind of overtaken with what we're going to get to in a minute she's shrugging all the questions i'm asking her i'm getting nothing ladies and gentlemen she hasn't tied her tidied her bedroom either as we can see so it's as a father i'm a, I'm a bit disappointed in this i've had guests yeah there we go but um, from what i've seen it's been generally positive everybody's been quite happy um we've had you know f1 twitter is sort of a, a strange place at the best of times but we've had a bit of positivity for George, lots of negativity around what happened in the sprint with all the Alpine stuff as well. I have to admit, I've unfollowed a load of accounts because I just can't be bothered with it, which is yeah. weird for being doing a, a racing podcast. But yeah, Adam, yeah, it, it's it's been nuts the last few weeks, and I apologize for using that expression, but it it has been. What have you been seeing, Ellie, as our social media manager? Um, well, not so much regarding the Ocon-Fernando situation, except obviously Ocon's car catching on fire and everyone telling Fernando to retire for the 50,000th time. I can get on board with that. <laughs> as can I. Um, but what I've mainly been seeing on the socials is kind of things from the Checo Max incident and Lewis and Max once again and Max telling Lewis that or saying in an interview that it's stopped him from getting the win uh, all these things so no I haven't heard too much on the from the sprint race um but like I said I've, I've been pretty busy this weekend so I haven't really seen I was just there for the race um yeah, lots on the Lando and Charles incident as well. A bit of a, it was a very interesting weekend for a great race. So, hmm. we, it, it, of... it was it was quite something. Like I said, I I caught the second half of the race while I was getting my way back from from Fulham. Gentlemen and lady, how would you have rated it? Because I thought this weekend was actually pretty pretty good. Now that everything's settled and yeah, the parts on the cars, as Adam was saying, are mostly disposable now. Um, with one race to go. What's everybody's mm. take? 
other than George winning, of course, which was just great. And everybody's happy about that. It was strange, really, I felt, because it kind of felt like Max reverted. It's almost like he thought it was the first race of the year with his I'm not giving back, what was it, fifth place. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, you've won Sixth. the championship by by a, a landslide. There is absolutely no way in which you need the points. Checo is fighting for second place. He needs the points. And it was that, so that was very strange. But um, I don't know, it was just... I was educating my friend on F1 on the racist day and I thought it was a great one to start her off with because there was there was crashes, there was incidents, there were safety cars, there was me screaming at the iPad for half an hour when they should have safety card it and they didn't and they virtual safety card it and yellow flagged and dilly dallied with that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good one. I thought we've had pretty a string of pretty boring races so it was nice to have one finally that wasn't boring so it kicked off right at the start and like ellie was saying it was like the good old days or the bad old days depending on how you want to look at it let's go around the table here adam whose corners were it were it was it at turn one and turn two because the center's essence have always gives a bit of entertainment what's your take on are we, are we talking about the, the, the max lewis incident what else is there to talk about? Let's face it. Let's, <laughs> um, to, to be honest, looking at a lot of things, you wouldn't realise George Russell won a Grand Prix because of that. Well, that is, for da- that is the downside. Um, is that everyone is talking about the Lewis and Max incident and the Max and Checo incident. There's plenty of people congratulating George, but I think the 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 attention has been somewhat deflected away from George's win, which is a shame. Regarding the Lewis-Max incident, um, as Mr. Willis quite rightly pointed out uh, in our chat yesterday, if um, if we go back to Silverstone last year, yes, I'm going there. If we go back to Silverstone last year, <laughs> if that was Lewis's fault, then this one was Max's fault. Because um, I don't think, whilst Max was at one point along fully alongside Lewis going into the corner, um, I think that there was more than half a car's length between the two and Max was sort of steaming in at a sort of greater than he should have been velocity. Um, and as uh, Boney's best friend, Karun, pointed out, and I should point out that we call him that because he blocked him on Twitter. If he's pointed is... it out on Twitter, I have no idea what he said. No, it was on, it was on the telly box. Uh, well, it will have been on Twitter, but he, yeah, he pointed out on TV was that hypothetically speaking, even if Lewis just decided to completely bail from that corner, Max was never going to make the corner because he went in too quickly on the outside. He was he was right on the um, was right on the apex of the turn. He was never going to he was going to outbreak himself. He was always going to overshoot that corner. So even if Lewis had, had given him space, there's a chance they would have collided anyway. Because um, because Max would have would have gone beyond you know his racing line, um, and then obviously with the post race interview when Max, it, well, I mean it depends it depends which way you take it, which I think depends on who you support. But it sounded like Max was back to his um, you know yield or we crash sort of mentality when it came to that incident in particular. And what I find interesting is that for a lot of a season. 
Max has raced fairly cleanly with the likes of Charles, for example, and it has been good racing. But there is just something about those two when they race each other. Something always happens. And I don't know if it's just if it's because they are because they both know that they're the best drivers in the field and they both want to be that a little bit better than the other or what I don't know what it is, but it always seems to be that when those two race, something happens. I'm going to be less generous to Max Verstappen, and this bit will probably I'm, I'm get edited shocked. out of the program. <laughs> um, I think, well, I think there are various reasons why Max has been racing cleanly with uh, with Charles, and I think partly that's because the superiority of his car means he doesn't have to get quite so scrappy. I think the other factor is that Charles Leclerc is white, and uh, Lewis Hamilton is not. And uh, we've also seen the way that uh, Max treats his teammate, who is also not white. But that's the point, and I will leave it there, I think. It's a take. Yep. <laughs> As a mixed-race person myself, that is actually something I hadn't considered before. And I don't know why. However, I haven't, so... I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's maybe it's massively unfair, um, but I think there is something about the way Max races Lewis and something about the way Max behaves towards Checo um, that is not pretty. Um, mm. And I'm uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to kind of go into huge amounts of, of discussion of that, but um, I don't want to kind of go into it anymore at all. Really, having just sort of dropped that bombshell there. Um, I, yeah, and I, I think there is the. I, I mean, I think partly I don't think that ever left um, Max. I don't think the way he he drives, the way he has this tendency to. I think we've, we have seen this particular move all season, which is launch it round the outside, carrying huge amounts of speed, and hope it sticks. And particularly if you've got if you've got a um, you know a, a left right or a right left corner, um, then throwing it down the outside as long as you stay somewhere on the tarmac, it's going to give you the inside line. Um, for the next, for the second part of the corner, and it's mm. what we saw at Monza in particularly. And I think the only real difference between um, the Senares at Interlagos and um, whichever chicane it was at um, Monza uh, was that there weren't any sausage curbs to launch Max into the air and onto the top of Lewis's car. Um, yeah. And I think you know Max was well off the circuit by the time the contact was made. He was, he was driving across the curbs. There was actually a big runoff area there that he could have bailed out into, but he didn't because his Max Verstappen in the corner is always his. Um, and, you know, it, it's, I, I think there's, he, he does this thing where he, he overdrives the entry to the two part corner um, in order to claim territory on the second part of it. And to me, that's not good driving. That's, that's just an extension of his usual, aggression in place of skill um you know make it clear to the other driver that it's their responsibility to get out of the way or there's going to be an accident and you know they may choose to 
more often than not and i think this is the fact with lewis lewis doesn't drive like that but he got to a point last year where he realized that you cannot keep giving max verstappen space because he'll just keep taking it and mm. you know it, it will he won't ever the way he won't ever reciprocate he'll just take that and take and take and take and that will be how he well, races I, and you can't you can't put up with that as a driver i don't think no, I mean, another thing we've got to remember, and it was rightly pointed out on uh, on Twitter a number of times today, and, and you'll have to bear with me, I can't remember the year, but there was the incident with Max and, and Ocon um, mm-hmm. when Ocon was in the pink Force India, as I think it would have been called then, um, where, where the roles were reversed, but the incident was almost a carbon copy of what happened. Yeah, Ocon went up the inside of Max, and Max ended up out of the race. Uh, I don't know if he ended up out of the race, but he ended up off the track facing the wrong way he and he you know he he was laughing he took Ocon, that out wasn't he was trying to yes. unlap himself yes that's correct and i've seen a lot of people argue that the difference between that is that Ocon should never have been in that position but drivers are well entitled to unlap themselves they are allowed to do that mm. you know it doesn't mean that max you know gets the right over this the, you know that particular piece of tarmac because Ocon doesn't have the right to unlap himself um, and and Ocon, you know, went and sorry, Max after the race, as we saw, went and some might claim physically assaulted Ocon as a result of it, and there was all that, you know, dare I say it, handbags over the incident that took place. And but it was, it, you know, if 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 the argument is that Max had the right to go for that corner yesterday, then surely Ocon had the right to go for that corner in 2000 and whatever year it was when that incident happened because they're identical incidents really so um you know it's it seems very much like um you know it's it's my corner if i'm the one trying to take it but if it's not then it's you know it's not a fair move and that's kind of how it feels with max um so totally but the thing the thing that always um the thing that always comes to me about this and when it's when it's max involved is that he always has far more to lose, um, or generally speaking, he has far more to lose. Silverstone 21, he had more to lose from from not actually making damn sure that he stayed clear of Lewis. And I know that was mm. predom- judged predominantly Lewis's fault, but predominantly means there is a share of that, um, the, a lesser share, but, but Max could have given more room just to make sure that they didn't collide because he would have overtaken next lap and he would have won. That oh race. yeah. He, he'd have won that race. Yeah. He'd have won that race. And, and, and the race in Brazil how, uh, went back, back when was it 2018, 19, maybe um, when um, I was 18, I think when he, he would have won um, had he just given Ocon a bit more, a bit more space, China, 2018, um, he he did that, which was a race that Ricardo won. Um, but but actually, Max was ahead of Ricardo and and came up to Lewis. Took the first attempt to try and overtake, hang it round the outside, didn't have enough grip, lost, came off, and then you know, Ricardo's like, thank you very much. And then he made the you know he made the move later and made it safely. And uh, and this is how how it is with Max. He will never just sit back and think. You know, I'll wait a couple of corners, or I'll wait a couple of laps. Always has to be now, and it has to be. It's just entitlement, uh, and mm. that hasn't changed. I don't believe that has changed. People talked about a new maturity this year. I don't see it. 
I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate in the room because I can, and I'm old, so I remember feisty-headed young drivers going up against seasoned old veterans, as some of us do. There's something about the worst Senna traits that Max seems to turn up to 11. Because Senna used to be incredibly impatient, especially late 80s in those in those McLaren years. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw in 88 at Monza when he tried to just basically drive through Stefan Johansson and ended up getting beached on the curbs, um, which cost McLaren their perfect season. There, there's things like that that eventually get worked out of someone. Do 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 we see? I haven't seen any maturity this year because he's been too fast. Yeah, that yeah he hasn't needed to be. No. Um, but do do yeah? I, I has anyone yeah? Adam said no. Has, has anyone else seen something in him that's that's making us think that as a now a double world champion, he's he's he sees that he's got legacy to protect and and, and records to chase. No, I think like you said, he's been too fast. He hasn't had a real challenge to see any kind of maturity, and he's proved that this weekend by sticking a wheel up Lewis's corner. And recreating a nice twenty twenty one and recreating yeah. a nice twenty twenty one memory for us. So no, I don't think I don't think he has shown any maturity. Otherwise we wouldn't have had an incident like we did yesterday because there he's already well, won the championship. Why why does he need to be so aggressive? He can back out, he can take he can take the hit and it's and it won't budge him. Well let me ask this question. I know it's not about his racing as such, but did he show maturity in the incident with Checo? Absolutely not. I'm sorry, that is, I, I think I said this on our group chat, that this is one of the most petty things I've seen since I was in an all-girls school, is, no, he did this to me, he doesn't get this place, even though mm. I don't need it. It's like taking the last biscuit when you don't even like them. Just It's just for, out of spite, isn't it? It's eating all the bounties out of a celebration, just so you can have the last one. Yeah, exactly. And there's there's a se- there's a seasonal joke for you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like it's you know talking about maturity. It's what his seventh season in Formula One. Um, you know, many yeah, drivers, same. many drivers had what well, seventh or eighth even I can't remember. But it's um you know many drivers by now have have well I suppose he does have two championships under his belt, doesn't he? Um, but um, yeah, I, I think. He's he's as close to the finished article as he's going to be, um, I you know I would say and and um, I, I thought it was ironic his comment in the the, the Sky post race interview when he said we're not babies and I'm like well I'm going to need a little bit more supporting evidence on that thanks because um, you know it's just this weekend is not it, it was like. Maybe it came as a bit of a shock to his system that he, he wasn't he, he wasn't just able to go out and drive into the distance like he has been for most of this year, you know, certainly since the first sort of half dozen races. Um, and it really seemed to... But, you know, we've, we've seen multiple... You know, just listen to his radio messages. You know, that is not the... His radio messages are frequently those of a child, honestly. Um, and... Um, I know things get emotional during a race and the adrenaline's up and everything, but, um, but you know, it, it, it's, 
you know, I don't know. I, I, I'd be surprised if, if he turns into an elder statesman of the sport um, in the way that, that most uh, most drivers do. He, he did say something in that interview that made my eyebrows shoot northwards, which was, it didn't cost me anything, but it cost him the win. Mm-hmm. Of the clash yeah. with Lewis, which that's exactly what I was saying earlier. Yeah, it it's yeah. Sorry, Bubs. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 calc. It feels calculated that I, if I put my car here, he's not going to give me any space because he doesn't give me any space anymore. But I've got nothing to lose um, until yeah, later think... on when he does have something to lose. Yeah, well, I think that's the. That's where, you know, and we've talked a lot about this and we were talking about it with Scott on Twitter, um, Scott Mitchell from Autosport, um, that the race you have I, these rules. Beg pardon? He's the race these days. Oh, he's the race, he? I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, you have the, the rules and the guidelines that, that set out where a, where a car can be relative to another car and relative to the corner, um, and they're trying to judge incidents on that kind of basis and in this case it felt like actually there was a huge kind of emotional thing between both drivers but you know with with all that that history going on and the fact that that the max drives in a certain way and this happened you know back in the sort of you know um you know 20 sort of 2016 17 18 when he used to do this move of kind of you know there'd be a car trying to overtake him and he'd he'd wait for the he'd wait for them to commit to one side and then he'd move and it would be technically within the rules then because there was the rule was you're only allowed to make one move to defend um and he was only making one move but it was a late move and it was it, it was a block basically and they changed the rules to to ban that but it, it, it's like, you know, he, he has this way of driving just with, with total aggression that I think the rules get to a point where they can't legislate for that or, or they're always going to be behind the curve. And I, and I think what, what you need to have is stewards, particularly the driver steward, who's looking at an incident and saying, you know, was that a genuine attempt to make the place or was that a kamikaze that was, uh, uh, well, we'll both go off if you don't move. I don't know. I, th- I think kind of things need well, to be simpler, but also more focused on was that move ever going to really happen unless the other driver cooperated. But that's you know. well. I, th- I think Max answered that question himself, didn't he? Huh, yeah. In his yeah, in, yeah. in his interview. So um, yeah. It sounds like we're we're, we're spending an awful lot of time back, uh, bashing Max Verstappen. Which, um, judging what our schedule for the podcast is, is only going to get a little bit worse now, I'd imagine. <laughs> it, it, because it we need is to talk because... about that Chivicheco thing. <laughs> yeah, this this bit was this bit was weird. By this point of the evening, ladies and gentlemen, I was in a lovely Italian restaurant. I had a glass of wine. I was starting to forget about eighteen-year-old Argentine strikers doing Lionel Messi <laughs> celebrations. And then very quietly from my phone, which we had propped up on the table, comes the word that he's not going to give a place back to Mac, uh, to um, Checo, which is a bit weird. I believe at the time he was three seconds ahead of Checo. 
four seconds. Was it a four, bit longer than that? Yeah. Three or four. Okay. And he refused to do it. Who wants to start this one out? I, I, this, this is just so petty. I'm a bit too tired for that. Go on, Els. I don't even know where to start. I mean, <laughs> it was made very clear to him, very, very clear that you are, you, you can overtake Perez to overtake Alonso. And if not, you have to give the place back. It's made very clear. And if whether or not he did say at the time and we just didn't hear, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, uh, or like whatever, or he just said, okay, copy. I don't know. But, him not doing it after it was made very clear just seems so petty. And after Monaco as well, like it was such a long time ago. And if he'd been holding on to that resentment since when? When was it? May, well, April, something like that. Then what? He has how? Why now? Why now? Something must have happened. And something else I did point out is that a couple of days ago, um, I put this on our group chat. It was a couple of days ago that Perez did unfollow Max. This was pre-race. So obviously something could have happened as well that we don't know about that's then triggered Max not wanting to give this place back because it was such a long time ago. Why now would that he is... leave oh. it? It could be something, there could have been something else, obviously, that we don't know about. All that yeah. unfollowing news story stuff's far too Daily Mail website for me to care about that people are monitoring that sort of business. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, un- I unfollow Matt all the time, but he never notices. <laughs> Something else I thought was quite funny is Max Verstappen's mum was getting involved on the Instagram debate with it, say, talk bashing Checo Perez for allegedly cheating on his wife after the Monaco Grand Prix as well. And oh, she went there, adding, did she? Yeah, she went there, adding Ooh. fuel to the fire. So it was a very interesting time on the social media following the Checo. That incident. <laughs> the Verstappens are a lovely family, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, first you got Yoss stabbing a mechanic with a fork and leaving his son at a petrol station in a foreign country, and I'm then make the his mum, <laughs> which is laughable. Yeah, you just hope that 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 union doesn't breed. <laughs> Imagine. Anyways, anyways. Um, <clears throat> Okay, let's let's dig into this a bit more. If anyone can't remember May, there was an incident at Monaco where Checo put his car on provisional pole and then binned it on his next flying lap. He, I think, it's coming out of turn eight. He put his foot down a bit too too much, hit the barrier, and then was promptly hit by a Ferrari. Max was on a flyer. And if memory serves, it was a flyer of flyers, wasn't it? He was massively up on everybody. It was that... a very impressive lap that he was yeah. putting in. Anyways, red flags came out. They lined up third and fourth on the grid. And then, as happens this year, Ferrari handed them the win. Pulled out and, a masterclass. Yeah, that, that was, even on Ferrari standards, Monaco was impressively um, stupid. It really was. Yeah. Anyways. After Monaco, after the alleged incidents with Ladies of the Night, Jos Verstappen wrote a very weird blog post on Verstappen.com where he basically said that they should have switched the cars around earlier. He was, they were, you know, holding his son back, yada, yada, yada. Now, by my count, it's been six months. Hmm. 
Yeah. Has do 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 we honestly believe he's been sitting on this for six months to well, get his own back? He seems far too hot headed to wait six months to get his revenge back. This is why I was saying there must be something else. Yeah, but has, has there been has there been an opportunity until yesterday for Max to, you know, in inverted commas, get his revenge? Um, you know, because, you know, with the greatest respects to Checo, he went through a bit of a spell, didn't he, where he was, mm. his form wasn't Less great, than if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, and he has come back to, to being relatively competitive. Um, so is it literally a case of this is the first opportunity Max has had, bar just, you know, smashed him off the track somewhere, to actually get his revenge on Checo? Is that why it seems to have, have manifested itself now? Um, who well, who knows? I think the fact that his blood was up from the incident with Hamilton probably p- played into it. Uh, and had that not have happened, then perhaps he wouldn't have been so truculent about it later on. Mm. Um <sighs> I think he does strike me as the kind of person who bears a grudge, um, I, you know. And it's it's also now coming to the point. I mean, six six months ago, I don't think we were looking at a circumstance when when Checo was likely to finish second in the championship. Um, and now we're getting to the tail end of the season. You know, Checo's form has has come up quite significantly. Ferrari has just faded into nothing, pretty much. And um, you know, uh, Mercedes was too far back. So you know, there's there's a chance that um, that that Checo will will you know quite a good chance that Checo will get second. Uh, I think probably on balance he deserves it. But um, so I think it now, only now is is the, the the situation where you know Max has something to hurt Checo with. Um, and also I don't know. It, part of me wonders if Max doesn't want Checo to get second because it makes it look like it was that his that his second championship was only about the car being good, or or it mm. it makes it look like the car was more of a factor than than Max's brilliant driving and stuff like that. So you know, I think you know we know how we know what Yoss is like, um, and we know that. Max is just tends to get indulged by Helmut Marco and because Christian he's their Horner. precious baby who can do no wrong. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so I wonder if Vettel is looking at all this and thinking that was me once. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, and you know, da- Danny Ricardo is, is like, why did you never treat me like that? You know, I won races for you. <laughs> Okay, um, okay, I'm going to jump in here because we, we, we've mentioned the, the demon spawn that is Christian Horner. Um, <laughs> this was his statement about what had happened and what's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. This is the Autosport um, article. It says, it's something we discussed previously. Behind closed doors, the drivers have discussed it. So this is what's going to happen in Abu Dhabi. And as a team, our focus very much going into Abu Dhabi with Charles and Checo tied on points is to do our best that we can to support Checo to achieve second place. And Max has obviously made that commitment as well. Read between that line, dear reader. So <laughs> as far as we're concerned, it's about looking forwards, not backwards. Asked about the situation played out on team radio. Horner said, I think it was probably a, 
little less public than Ferrari's. Not exactly sure what he's going on about there, but we can come back to that in a second. Look, I think the thing is, this is this is dear Christian again. It is very clear going into Abu Dhabi as a team, we're going to do the best we can for Checo to finish second in the World Championship. And it's a straight fight between the two. They're, they're tied on points and whatever we can do as a team. And Max is very much part of that team. We will, uh, we will do to help Checo achieve that goal. As a team... And Max has made that clear as well. Whatever we can, whatever we can do to achieve that goal as a team, we will. It is something that we've never achieved as a team previously, even in the V8 area. So it is going to be an exciting Abu Dhabi for other dynamics fighting for second in the championship this year. Horner declined to elaborate on what had transpired. Behind closed doors, that is. Hmm. I think he must be talking about the um, the Sainz Leclerc incident at Silverstone, in terms of the, uh, the 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 so-called public incident with Ferrari. You know where they tried to get him to to um, slow down after the restart so that Leclerc could overtake him, um, which was, in my opinion, not very fair on Carlos at the time. I, I, I can only assume that that is what he's he's talking about. That's when um, Carlos had but, that beautiful line where he just went, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why? You know, why? Yeah, I can win. Why can't I win? <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, the, the statement from Horner is very typical Horner, which is, uh, it, it always is with him. And I guess it's always, it, it is with everybody in, in the sport, which is saying what everybody expects him to say. Um, he's hardly going to come out and say, um, yeah, we uh, Max is our number one driver and we want him to win all the time. Um, but um, what I find most interesting about it um, is that Max's team radio alluded to it and clearly uh, Horner's statement pretty much alludes to it is that they had prior knowledge before even the race weekend started that if a situation like this came, Max was not going to give the place back which means that Red Bull have clearly struggled to talk Max out of that mindset. Um, and, you know, personally, I think that's kind of a dangerous position for the team to be in, where Max is saying, no, 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 in this instance, I am going to do this. And no one at the team has been able to say, no, you can't do that. Um, because then that, the, all the powers with the driver. Um, and as I said yesterday in, in our private chat, when you have that with a football player, you have a problem then. Um, you know, so see, see Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you have to wonder how long, how long does how how long far? Start that sentence again. How far back does this go? Does it go back as far as Monaco? It sounds like it might do. Um, you know, and and how is it that in that space of time, the likes of Horner and Helmut Marco haven't been able to level Max out on it and say to him, no, in the in that instance, the team comes first. Well, I think if they, if they weren't going to do it when um, Max collided with um, Ricardo at Baku um, and, you know, caused a quite a dangerous high-speed accident by, by chopping across... Um, across the bows of Ricardo as he had was coming through on the inside with a massive overspeed, mm. then I don't think they're going to, you know, this is small, this is small fry compared to that, to my mind. And, and, you know, they made it very clear back then that they weren't really going to do anything 
um, to, to challenge or, or punish um, Max in the way he drives uh, and the way he is. So I, I just think, you know, it, it's... Um, and that team, you know, has form going back to the, the Vettel and Weber days of, of not reining in their drivers when they really need to. Um, yeah. And, you know, this, this, this monster has been years in the creating and, and they're not going to change its nature now. No, this is exactly what happens when you overindulge someone. They have allowed Max to run the show. They they have allowed him essentially to make whatever call he want with no he wants with no consequences. And this is the, this is what happens. Is it's it's like overindulging a child that there has to be a line, there has to be boundaries, mm. and they have not put those in place with Max with his teammates. As which is proof of all of the teammates he's had the last couple of years. It's, it's yeah, just partly, I mean, it... partly makeup of the team, isn't it? It's they've always pushed one person forward. It was DC in the beginning, then it was Seb, then it was Danny, then it, now it's Max. It's you know they they've never, as, as far as I can remember, they've never really had a united front when it comes to their drivers. Well, it, you know, no, I, I think the other big issue that it causes is is is, is what that's going to do to Checo next season. Um, because I'm going to enjoy that. Because there are going to be times where they are going to have to ask Checo to do Max a favour, and he might not be quite so willing anymore to uh, uh, to do that. Um, so, you know, they've they've got some difficult management ahead of them, I think. Um, in the in the off season um, with their drivers, um, and they may just get to the point where, you know, it, it, in instances like this again, they're just going to have to let them race each other, because otherwise, yeah, and and it's and they also don't have the situation that they have had in uh, on occasions before, which is there's nobody obvious that they can replace Checo with if he becomes unmanageable during the season. Um, and they've just got rid of Gasly, who, to be honest, would have been the best choice for, for that. Um, what are they going to do? Put Sonoda in the car? Good luck with that. Well, if Danny Rick is their reserve driver for next year, there is always that option, but you, you can tell they're not mm. going to do that willingly. Yeah, that would that would be that would be the last in a long list of options, I think, putting those two back yeah. together again. <laughs> with, with Danny with something really to prove. They're still mm. friends. However, I don't think their friendship would survive being teammates again. Mm. I, I, I don't. I, I, I think the friends thing's always overrated. I think the respect thing is, is, is more. And I think you can look around the sort of paddock and you sort of see how, um, you know, yeah, how Toto has managed his his drivers even in the fallout of, um. You know the the Nico and Lewis days. There there was always some level of respect, even with Bottas. There was respect, and I think with George um, and Lewis, with Lewis taking the lion's share of the weird and wacky testing this year. There's definitely a mm. a, le- a level of respect there. But anyways, I think we've 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 flogged this this horse to to death. And to I mean, be fair, sorry, I'll... there is just one more point I want to uh, make. Which is, is there really? There really is. <laughs> But I'm, which is just how toxic some of the commentary about this has been and how it's kind of, it, it really has yes. shown up the, the, the worst elements of toxicity in sort of F1 fandom social media 
these days, which is, but well, actually coming from traditional media, because it's traditional Dutch media that have really been playing on this story that, that Checo deliberately crashed his car in qualifying in, in Monaco and and admitted such to uh, Helmut Marko and Christian Horner. Which, yeah, I did see that. Which means that we either have, I mean, either they're, they're kind of making it up to justify Max's crappy behaviour, yeah, or someone is, or we actually have a situation that's not unlike Crashgate from, from all those years ago in which the, the team bosses knew of a, an incident where a driver had deliberately crashed their car. And obviously we saw, you know, Charles came up behind and, and nearly T-boned. Yeah, it could have been very dangerous. Um, so, you know, if it was if it was done deliberately and, and the team knew about this and have kept it quiet, um, then that's a serious issue in, in my view, you know, whether it, uh, but, you know, then there's also the, the, there's also the toxicity of it and, and the fact that there's no, oh, I don't know, I just think it's, it's, it's really bad that, that professional journalists have been putting this kind of thing about. And obviously now people have been taking it out, taking it out and, and spreading it. And I think that's, that's kind of crossed a line that I'm not sure we've really seen crossed before. Well, let, let's let's be fair. What else have the Dutch got to go on about? <laughs> yeah, they didn't they didn't qualify for the World Cup, did they? So they're they're, they're bound to be bored for the next six weeks. Um, I'm just looking at Twitter and let's see what's trending. Um, another Brexit, hooray! Let's look forward to that. Um, Lewis Hamilton, of course, Lewis with lots of tweets. Hamilton, with lots of tweets. Margot Robbie looking like she desperately needs a burger. Um, and of course, uh, Max Verstappen. Um, it's I, it's a it's a shame because I'm going to bring this back to a couple of things I just want to raise before we go. George was everything we've come to expect from George, and he did it out in front. He was being hunted down by Lewis after the restart. I thought he. I thought he left the restart too late because he literally didn't go until the safety car line. Um, and Lewis was just sort of sat there ready. Uh, that was, I felt that was, he got just enough away until Lewis had to back off because he cooked his tires. Um, yes, we can say that Mercedes messed him around with tires again, but I, I just thought he managed the whole thing very, very well. Um, and I was just dreading another, was it Bahrain last year when it all, conspired against him it was it was great now two things popped up as as i've been sitting here a driver who i really like is apparently about to be announced for Haas. so nico hulkenberg the hulk is returning to formula one um which i i like hulk i he's you know he's a safe pair of hands but again it's another seat to a young um a young up-and-coming driver who's who's not going to who's not going to get shot. Um, and I don't mean and Giovinazzi coming back again. There should be a, a, a better better seat for that. And there was one more thing which I can't find. Oh, yeah, it was the little clip of Lewis and Timo Glock on Sky, which he's been doing the rounds. Yes. Now, yes. that, because the thing is, I remember that race. I'd given up on it. And I was walking out of the room when you just hear that, Glock slowing down. And yeah. Lewis catching him going to the last corner, which was which was brilliant, and it also gave us the greatest moment of seeing Mass's dad, 
going absolutely apoplectic and then being told his boy wasn't world champion. It, it still makes me smile to this day. But Lewis said something at an interview, which was amazing. Glock said, is that, you know, do you feel the same about 2008 as you do about 2021? And Lewis said, somebody made a decision last year. What happened in 2008 was racing. Because it was, mm. a, it was a fuel flow problem on the Toyota. Mm. That, you know, Glock just sort of died a death, didn't he? Um, I thought gods then, wasn't it? It was completely yeah. different. It was an odd question, I thought personally. Well, to, but to, to be to be fair, the fact that that Toyota had lasted that distance last year, that year was was something because that was a terrible <laughs> car. Um, but I thought that was, I think we're at peak Lewis not giving a damn anymore because mm. he's 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 kept his counsel for a year. Yes, he said some pointed things, but usually in those sorts of things, he just tries to put it behind it. But I thought that was very interesting. Did anyone else watch it? I, I saw did that watch clip. it, yes. Yeah, saw, saw that clip. I, I got the impression that that somebody maybe asked Glock to ask that question. I just don't know why an ex-racing driver would think that that was a good question to ask. Because it just it, to me, it just didn't make sense. They're not remotely comparable in my eyes. So... Maybe someone said, "Ask that. That'll be interesting. That'll Lewis's answer will be interesting." And that's just kind of how it went. Um, yeah, I mean, it was obviously it was the fact that it was a championship won by a very small margin on the, the on the last lap, um, or you know, almost on the last corner. So I suppose there was that very superficial similarity, but mm. the circumstances of it was just so utterly different that it just just felt like it, a weird comparison it, it was it was nice i don't know if it was in the same interview but uh, it was nice of lewis to say that he considers massa a champion because yes, for all intents interview. and purposes massa did race he raced he raced a champion's race that season um and he he would have deserved it if he'd won it um so it was nice for lewis yeah. to say that Thing. Yeah, totally. I mean, he he he's yeah he stood up in his seat, and I st- I do feel quite sad that he didn't get the title that year. Although you know, mm. I do think that that Lewis deserved it, and um, you know, it's it's um, you know, it was really one of those years when when both drivers deserved it, and uh, you know, if you could have could have awarded two two titles, that would have been lovely, but. Um, yeah, uh, in the fact that Massa never got another shot as well is is sad, but um, but yeah, no, that that is, you know, Lewis is just class, isn't he? It's when it comes to things like that. Yeah, others will tell you differently though, but uh, let's not get on to that now. <laughs> but yeah, the, this is uh, yeah, we have got to wrap up. I've I've got a I've got a dash, but that's the thing that yeah, there's there's was it the Michelle Obama line when other people go low, we go high. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's 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 Lewis, isn't it? It's mm. he, you know. I, in in my memory, the only time I think he's made a knowing slip is the 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 Ali G line in in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I, I I could I could be just sort of being roasted into glasses, but I think that's the only time he's act, actively said something silly. It was it was it was coming from a place where he probably had a point, um, but it was it was ill judged, um, and I think he's said the same thing since better. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was just the the way he said it didn't help his his um, his cause, and I think you know he probably acknowledges that, and it's it's that he he it was counterproductive. Um, but you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell him that he didn't have a pretty good point um, back then, and you know, with, with the way things were back then with Bernie as well, and it's just you know. But yeah, I agree. It's it, but he's he's you know come a long way since then. Um, in 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 you know as a driver and a, as a man, and I think it's, um, I think just his his kind of maturity, and he's he's been really quite zen this year. Um, mm. uh, and I think I look, I actually really look forward to see what we can what we get from him next year because I th- I think he's probably going to be on another level. Um, that's my gut yeah. feeling. Yeah, but, you know, I think he I think he's revitalised. His season's given him an opportunity to reflect a bit. Um, you know, he's revi- like I say, he's revitalised. I think it, another thing with Lewis is that it's um, it proves, you know, it's fairly clear that for the earlier stages of the season when his results weren't great, he was focused more on getting the car right than he was getting results. Mm-hmm. He was letting George be the one that went and drove the car um, without thinking of that side of things. But again, it just demonstrates his ability, I think, to understand the car well enough to make to help the team make the changes that will make the car better which people who worked under McLaren said he was capable of doing and obviously when he first moved to Mercedes when the car was not very good um they make the same comments about that period of his career where you know his input was very much what made the car what it was um you know and I think that that season's demonstrated again just what an in-depth knowledge he has um, of what makes an F1 car work um, to to try and pull that Mercedes back from being a what some people have referred to as a tractor um, to a, a race winning car. I'm actually um, astonished that, that they've got to the point where where the car is is that good on pace. I didn't think they were going to get there this year. I thought it was written off. No, um, I agree. But, no, I, did, I thought it was a bit of a long shot as well. But they've done it and they've done it very mm. well. Yeah, the only the only sad thing from my point of view is that there isn't more races left now because um, I I don't think any I don't think anyone will beat Red Bull at Abu Dhabi. I think that that's a Red Bull track. There's lots of fast sections, um, and it it just would have been nice to see Lewis win a race this season and break another record. But he, he can't have them all, can he? I suppose. I I, I have I'm, I'm with you guys. I think. It's it's him biding his time. You know, he, he's saying he's got another, what is it, another three years. They're talking about... Um, I think he said five. Mm, well, uh, there was a contract discussion they were going about that. I think they were saying it was Yeah, it was I think three. he said he could do five, but I think contractual-wise, they're looking at three, aren't mm. they? I think so. But, you know, he's, you know, I he doesn't need... His legacy is set in gold, but... Mm. You know, he knows if he can win another championship against the likes of Max, George, Charles, you know, Carlos. Yeah, th- th- well, this this group of young young kids, I think, is the 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 best crop that we've had in Formula One um, in a long time. And I think he he knows that if he can, after what's happened, bounce back, grab the eighth, make that yeah, that I mean, win tally a little bit, yeah, make it one hundred and fifteen, for example, and then go off and. 
do music. He's playing yeah. ban- he's playing banjo on somebody's new album, apparently. So yeah, <laughs> wow, man of, man of many talents. I mean, I look I look at drivers like Alonso, and, and you know he's a bit of a love hate character. Um, people have got their opinions on him, but you know when his car's good, he can still do it physically, and he's what how many old many how many many years older than Lewis now? So. And and Lewis, with the greatest respects to Alonso, probably keeps himself in much better shape. So, um, yeah, I mean, he should still be able to do it for at least a good two or three years more, I think. I think, I mean, even, it, it's quite telling, even after, even with the, all that focus on the development of the car that, that he obviously had, particularly at the beginning of the year, he has, he has not been destroyed by George. Um, he, he's not been, you know, he's, he's, he's very much, you know, George has been brilliant, but he, he's very much held up, um, alongside George. Uh, and, you know, when you look at sort of times when sort of Vettel after four straight championships and then had that terrible season where Daniel Ricciardo just ran rings around him. And it does often happen with, with champions, particularly when they've had several consecutive championships, you just, you can't keep that level of intense, effort and focus up uh, and a young driver comes along and you know uh, it, it's sort of um a bit like you know Hakkinen with against Senna at times in in 93 was 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 noticeably quicker and um you know quite surprisingly quicker at times and it was just you know the fact that Lewis has, has managed to very much maintain his performance against George I think is is actually you know, it, it, even while I get the sense of biding his time, working on the car, and kind of preparing himself mentally for for when things are competitive again, I think you know. So you know, who knows what will happen? But I'm 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 expecting to see a really strong Lewis next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. Mm. We'd uh, we'd better let Boney go and get um, sweaty and out of breath <laughs> for half an hour. Yeah. To, um, <laughs> Hopefully it'll be a bit longer than a half hour for what we pay for. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's Major Lazer's new track that Lewis is playing banjo on, so be sure to get that on your Spotify playlist. Um, and yes, we're not going to leave it so long. Like I said, two episodes this week, our very own Matthew Willis talking to some fascinating um, boaty people um, and a few races there that I think I'm going to be looking at because that seems like you had a, far too much fun up in the Lake Districts, Matt. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it was just, just an amazing event that, that is, is really not nearly enough well-known and, and just uh, fascinating stuff. And um, and I'm going to try and get out to see some of the actual circuit racing this year as well because, um, you know, that's that's that could be really entertaining. And uh, um, yeah, team, you, you know, you're team not going to get me away from boats now. Team outing for that one, I think, mate. Totally. Right. Thank you very much, Matthew Willis. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. Adam Berry, looking very dapper in his newsboy. <laughs> pleasure as always. And Ellie, it's always nice to see you. You know, ring ring me more often. It's nice to hear from you from time to time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice to see everyone as well. It's been a minute. Super. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the boundary of disaster. Until next time, do take care of yourself. Thanks for sticking around and listening to this episode of Boundary of Disaster. Please, if you can, like and subscribe, leave us a review because that would be amazing. It helps with all the algorithms and that means people can find us a little bit easier. Of course, if you can tell your friends as well, you never know, they might start listening to us as well, which would be ace. 
If you fancy supporting us, there's a Patreon page. The link is in the description. Also check out the other links. We've got a link tree there that goes to all of our socials, including the new TikTok, which Ellie has got up and running and the rest of us still don't know much about. So until next time, thank you so much. Bye.